Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7-365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, welcome back, and we're going to be a little bit kinder to the world today. And our guest is the author of the new cookbook, Cooking with Scraps, author Lindsay Jean Hard. And thank you, Lindsay, for coming on, and congratulations on on a wonderful cookbook. Oh, thank you, and thank you so much for having me. How does one become an expert with cooking with scraps? How how, how does that happen? (laughs) Well, it really started when I was working at food52.com, a food and lifestyle website. And during the six years that I worked there, I worked on a lot of different columns. But one of my favorites was called Cooking with Scraps. And I was featuring recipes from the Food52 community members that we're making really smart use of underutilized produce parts and other odds and ends. And I learned so much from my time featuring their recipes that I really wanted to share that knowledge and create recipes of my own. And that's really where this book was born. You know, if it didn't say cooking with scraps on the title, this cookbook is so beautiful and so well put together with amazing recipes. You would never know it wasn't anything but a handy, healthy, creative, and efficient way of cooking. And so people kind of have to, probably especially Americans, might have to get over that concept of um, it being in a negative way and what you've done and what you have taken just makes the most creative and amazing dishes with things that we would be throwing away but are just as useful as as the parts we've traditionally been using yeah absolutely I think it's you know a lot of that is just a mental shift that you know, many of us are in a privileged enough position that when we read a recipe and it tells us to cut off and discard, you know, a kale stem or carrot tops, we are able to do that without giving it a second thought. So this is really just hopefully a helpful guide for people to help us shift back to realizing that those are just ingredients like anything else. Well, Americans used to be very efficient, probably, I would say, up to 100 years ago. And then somewhere there was this shift, probably as things became way more accessible for us. Um, We didn't have to work maybe as hard at producing it um, as as they did back then. Is is the rest of the world, I I guess, as... um, I don't want to say as as greedy, but do, do do they have this luxury, or is or is Americans the only ones who are kind of cutting things off and throwing more away than than we need to? Well, yeah, it really is like from a position of privilege that we're doing this, and you know, like you alluded to, it's, this is it's not a new concept. Like this has changed and gone in and out of fashion over time, and you know, wartime generations wouldn't have needed the reminder to be using all of these different parts and you know, the people that are living in poverty likely wouldn't either. So, you know, for the rest of us, hope all shift back in that direction of really respecting our food and using all of it. 
I, I think for me, as, as someone who's not a professional cook and not having really a lot of knowledge, and I'm sure that I don't know if I'm in the minority on that. I mean, I, there's a lot more people um, who are uh, putting in vegetable gardens and they're becoming better home cooks all the time. And I know my husband falls under that category as well. I'm always afraid of using a part of the vegetable or fruit that might not be edible, that might be poisonous. <laughs> and so, you know, not wanting to uh, harm anybody, I'm, you know, cutting things off and trying to be, and actually trying to be a good by only using what I think might be the edible part. But what this shows is that there's so much more that's edible than, than we would have uh, ever realized. Yeah, I think so. And I'm, you know, I'm hopefully, I'm hoping that this is more of a reference guide for people so that when you have something that you're not sure about, it's an easy way to look it up and see how you might be able to use it. You know, it goes from A to Z. All of the recipes are really accessible and approachable and have short ingredient lists. So it's meant to make people as comfortable as possible when they're starting this journey. Now, it's really a very smart cookbook. It's it's kind of a mind warp for your brain because you, you, you feel like you learned something that's been hiding in plain sight. So like you said, the, the recipes aren't difficult. So from, from that level, um, it's, it's not going to take you too far out of your comfort zone, but what's going to happen is your mind kind of explodes with this, which is, is a very good feeling whenever we feel like we've truly learned something. There's this little explosion that goes off in your mind, and you're like, that is just amazing. You talk about banana peels, and um, there's, just, there's so many things. I, I always go through the book um, before we have the show, and I start kind of tagging pages that I want to talk about in the book and with the author as they come on. I had so much tags and notes in this book that I I'm just like well I'm just going to have to turn to a page because every single thing was uh very interesting the pictures are beautiful the food is easy it was just one wonderful thing after another and like I said if it didn't say scraps on it I would just think it was just and it is regular regular food we just have to get out of that mindset yeah, and that's so great to hear, and I really hope that that's everyone's reaction when they pick it up and start flipping through it. Well, you um, talk about some ingredients um, that, that you keep, and, and I can see that we are um, sisters from another mister when it talks about hot sauces, because you love hot sauce, and I love <laughs> hot sauce, and, and, you, and you dedicate a little space in there to hot sauce and salt, and, and I also love different kind of salts, too, and, and, and you talk about that um, in, in, in your book as well. Yes. <laughs> They're so useful, and with both of them, it's so easy to just keep collecting new ones. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you talk about how there's no perfect recipe, and, and, and in your introduction, I, I kind of wanted you to talk to the listeners about that and, and kind of giving them permission that they can also be creative when you were talking about there's no perfect recipe. Yeah, empowerment that, you know, just because I've written a recipe and this is how I think it tastes best, like, that doesn't mean that it's not above tweaking. Like, you can and should play with my recipes and everyone else's to make them taste the way that you get really excited about them. And I hope 
with the recipes in this book that they're almost like jumping off points for people that once you start sauteing your beet greens and try it on pizza, that then you figure out other uses that you really like using those beet greens for and do something else entirely different with it. It's really a way to spark your creative juices. And by having this reference uh, to know what, what we can eat off of the plants or the herb or the or the vegetable, which is basically I've found out just about everything. Um, we, we can add so much depth to, to our cooking. But, but you do remind us to make sure we wash everything really well uh, because we will be using more of, of, the, uh, of the plant or the uh, vegetable or the um, fruit. Right. And I think, you know, we should be doing that anyway as we're cooking, but it just bears, you know, that second reminder of this is an especially important case. And in the cases when you're going to be using the peels, like with the banana peels or the pineapple peels, like those are cases when you might want to be choosing organic just because you're going to be eating them and, you know, those can have a lot of pesticides on them. Yeah. And it's, um, it's always a a good reminder because like you said, it's, it's always good to wash. We're not exactly sure what's what's been used on it, and of course, we don't want to put any of that in our body. And you also talk about everything in moderation, and your best is good enough. And I really liked that as well, where you say you you really try, but but sometimes you can't find something that's local, and so you have to buy. You know, um, what's the thing when we know better, we we do better. But but sometimes. It's just not available. And you also had a picky eater who, uh, for a child, and I think a lot of parents can, can relate to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really want people to feel like this is a fun process. Like if you start thinking, like, there are so many things that I could be using and I'm not, it can start feeling overwhelming. And, you know, we can resort to, well, I'm just not going to do anything. And, you know, your best is good enough. So start making small steps and do what works for you. Well, and it's not about being thrifty as, as, as much as it's about, it's just an added bonus to be more creative, to be more sufficient. So if you've already started kind of a sustainability lifestyle or you're interested in a sustainability lifestyle or you want to try and dip your toe in the water um, or you just want to find a way to be extra creative in the kitchen, I mean, this is really just a, a fantastic way to, to help people out, which is going to make a really great gift um, as we come into the holidays because we all have those relatives who are even extra better with the environment maybe than than we are or, or maybe we want to be even better with the environment and this is you talk about composting in here you talk about sustainability and and this is just right up everyone's alley for using and not wasting something that absolutely could be used and should be used to show us time after time the most beautiful ways to do that. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it really is just an added bonus and it's not necessarily about being thrifty, but that is, you know, an extra bonus too. Like cooking with scraps does have an impact on your pocketbook because you bought all of this stuff. Like you might as well be getting the most out of it that you can. 
Well, and we throw so much away, and I feel really guilty when I do that. When I, I love to see fresh fruits and vegetables. I love to go to the farmer's market. I love to go to a co-op, and I bring that home, and I, I get so excited about it. But every single time something, at least one or two things, I find in the back of the crisper or it's in my fruit bowl, and then it goes what I think is, is bad, and then I feel really bad about that, you know, but then I just start the cycle all over again and you've given us ways I think we said with the with the banana peels that it's it's kind of the best in, in the one recipe that you're using um, to to kind of use those peels when they have the dark spots on them yeah it is and you know I love to go to the farmer's market too and just buy whatever catches my eye and so one thing that really helps me is when I get home I make a list of everything that I bought and I plan out how I'm going to use it that week. So both the traditionally used part and the scrap. And that helps me keep in mind what I have in my fridge. Um, and then even when, you know, life happens and we go out to dinner instead of making the meal that we had planned to, you still know like, oh, I need to get back to that. And if you're not going to cook it soon, then you can take the time to figure out how to prepare it so you can store it in your freezer for later and so you can be proactive about it before it goes bad. Exactly. Yes. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up about the freezer because there is so many things that, that we can freeze and you tell us also what we can't. So uh, you really try to think of everything, be, be proactive in the type of questions that, that we might have. Um, obviously, you've been in touch with your uh, readers and, and the people who follow you to, to really have your pulse on, on, on the type of questions that they've had along the way and try to uh, address all of them in the book. Yeah, I'm really trying to be as helpful as possible and make it as painless a process as possible for folks to start cooking with scraps. Well, I, I just want to go through a couple of the recipes to give people kind of wet their palate, so to speak. And, and th these were a lot of the ones that, uh, well, everything appealed to me, but uh, some of the ones that uh, I think might appeal to everybody else as well, but were just absolutely fantastic. Artichoke leaf nachos with feta and black olive. And leaf. Yeah. That looks so amazing. <laughs> that is one of my favorites in the book. I just love it. If you're, if you're preparing artichokes to just get at that heart, there's a ton of leaves that you're discarding, but they still have that little artichoke bite at the end of the leaf that's, you know, delicious. And so you could steam those and just dip them in butter or some other sauce, but I also like to treat them like nachos and top them with ingredients, and then it's just a fun appetizer. Absolutely. And people just really love artichokes. And everywhere you go, everybody's incorporating artichokes into some portion, but I've never seen any before. And that was just, like I said, just kind of blows your brain up a little bit when you see things like that. You're like, oh my gosh, you know, I've been wasting, miss, missing doing that. That's, that's just incredible. <laughs> and then let's see, we had, uh, we had the avocado pasta with crunchy cilantro stem sprinkle. And that looked amazing. And I know a lot of people grow cilantro. We grow cilantro. Uh, I love the smell of cilantro. Um, I'm always weary of people who don't like cilantro because I love it so much and this was another way and, but, but it also grows really quickly and you can get a lot of cilantro very quickly out of your um, out of your garden 
Yes, it's almost tough to keep up with once it's in your garden. But, yeah, herb stems are a really easy way to get started cooking with scraps because they have the same flavor as the leaf does of the herb, and there's just a wide variety of ways to use them. And it smells so wonderful. So anytime you can incorporate cilantro. Oh, my goodness. Another thing that really grew well in our garden this year, and we couldn't keep up with it, was kale. And I am a fan of kale. Uh, I know not everybody is, but but I am. And you have the kale stem hummus, which so many people love hummus. It's really good for you. And if you've grown kale or you like kale, uh, this was a really great way to introduce kale to maybe people who don't. Or don't even know if they like kale. They they might think they don't like kale, but but then they find out that they might. And hummus was a really great way. Like I said again, was just something I would have never thought of. Right, and I think this is good for those folks who don't like kale too, because you don't get a lot of the kale flavor. Um, you wouldn't guess that there are kale stems in it, uh, but it just blends in really well into the hummus, and it's so smooth, and you're just getting some of that added fiber, and you're not having to toss that stem. Exactly, exactly. But it's not just um, dips and and entrees. You cover many uh, different things in the book, um, although I did want to point out the sweet corn and jalapeno pizza with zucchini stems. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could come over to your house and you would just make this for me, but I will actually try it because that looks really, really good, and it wasn't difficult at all to make. Oh, but it looks so good on this page. I could just eat it. I know. That one makes me wish it was still warm in Michigan so that we still had all of that summer produce because that one is a favorite of mine, too. Yeah, you have pastas and pizzas. You have breakfast to dinner, soups and stews, salads and sides, appetizers, of course, um, dips and spreads. Um, But then you also go into desserts. You have drinks and infusions. There's condiments and pastry items or pantry items. You really tried to cover everything for us in this book. I, I can't think of anything that, that you didn't cover, but I'm sure as you go on your book tour and you're talking to people, uh, they'll probably have even more ideas for you for, for the next book that, that you'll be doing. Well, I hope they do. That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your book tour because you'll be coming to Seattle, and um, that's going to be November 27th, 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the Book Larder. Everybody knows where that is. If you don't, we will put all of the information out on our social media sites, and that will be at the Book Larder uh November 27th at 6.30. Now, where can people keep up with you, Lindsay Jean, if if you're coming to an area near them or maybe they won't be in Seattle, but they want to see where else your tour stops? Is is there a web page that people can go to? I am most active with updating things on Instagram where you can find me at Lindsay Jean Hard, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook as well. Okay, all all the social media pages. And, you know, yep. we have holidays coming up. This makes a great gift for someone who loves to cook but maybe needs a little bit of a challenge. This is a really great uh, opportunity for them to incorporate things that they're probably not using. And then someone who practices sustainability or uh, who partially pra- practices sustainability. It is really a, a wonderful thing to do. And if you've ever had a home garden, you, you know how hard you've tended to that. That garden and it does make you feel bad if, if you have to throw anything away because you put so much time and effort into that that home garden and are you seeing more and more people in Dijin taking up home gardens? 
Yeah, I think it has, you know, continuing to gain in popularity and even just like small windowsill gardens. It's not like everyone has to have a big yard to be able to grow a little bit of your own food. Especially the herbs, and, and you really address the herbs here here in the book. Um, it's really easy, especially during the winter, to have, like you were saying, um, an herb garden on your counter or in your windowsill, something like that. Uh, it's it's very easy to kind of keep that going, and it's a good place to start if you feel like you don't have a green thumb. Yes, exactly. Well, the name of the book is Cooking with Scraps, and it's available now. And if you're in the Seattle area, you can go to the book larder on uh, November 27th. They also have a sign-up on their website right now. These tend to fill up very, very quickly and sell out. So um, make sure that you get to the book larder's website so that you can sign up and go and meet Lindsay Jean on the 27th. And then if you... uh, are going to be somewhere else and you want to get a hold of her, uh, you can follow her on her social media pages, but uh, cooking with scraps is available now. And Lindsay Jean, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I, I know your book tour just started up and you just kind of been in a whirlwind, but we really appreciate you taking a few minutes to come on and talk with us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It is no problem. And it's called cooking with scraps and makes a great gift. And it's a wonderful addition to your home kitchen. We'll be right back. 